my phone is on 69% battery. Oh, it? nice. Have <laughs> 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 I've recorded that? Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> Top material. This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Everest, a programme about current affairs. What? Well, today it is, anyway. Well, no, it is. When I say current affairs, it's not really current affairs. No. We've watched a current affairs programme, but it was from the 23rd of July, 1982, which was my dad's 28th birthday. Nice. And also a Friday, it turns out, because it's a six o'clock show. Yes, it is. Well, hereby hereby hangs a tale of sorts, I suppose. Uh, The six o'clock show, Friday evening regional news show for London and the South East. And this is a particular peculiarity. That actually takes us all the way back to 1968. Um, now you will remember that in the very first of these podcasts, we were talking about London weekend television and yeah. their bumpy, the bumpy ride that they went through throughout the first um, two or three years of their existence. And uh, this program obviously comes from you know more than a decade after that, but the scars are still there and uh, the scar in this particular case is that this is the program that comes about just after the handover from uh, Thames Television and that took place at 5.15 and then there'd be a program until 5.40 and then the evening news at 5.40 and then and then at 6 o'clock the 6 o'clock show yeah uh, but one of the things that you may notice from it, uh, from actually you can even kind of see it in the clip that we saw, is that there's no real formal handover. There's none of this, oh, we're just going to pass you over now to our lovely friends at London Weekend Television and uh, we'll be back at 25 past nine on uh, on Monday morning. Yeah. And the reason that didn't happen is because they hated each other's fucking guts. <laughs> and the reason they hated each other's guts was that when uh, LWT were very, very close to going bankrupt in some 1969 sort of time, uh, Thames Television's reaction to this was to cut the cost of their advertising uh, and basically stick two fingers up at them and go, you know, you can always advertise with us during the week, you know. And uh, that led to a frostiness between the companies, which led to them basically almost ignoring each other's existences uh, until Thames lost its franchise at, at the end of 1992. To Carlton. To Carlton, yeah. Now, there is a small, a small, tiny nod to a different past in terms of this 
which is that the six o'clock show kicks off and uh, and it goes straight into the news and it goes straight into the local news which goes by the name of Thames Weekend News yes uh, because London Weekends didn't really have their own news department at the time so all that all they really did throughout the weekend was little kind of tiny little updates usually given by the continuity announcers between programs and uh, this hadn't gone down very well with the IBA, uh, the the regulators, and all of this meant that um, they kind of had to shuffle in some sort of news program, and so this was the result of it. And Thames kind of grudgingly produced it and stuck a bit of orange, which was the old LWT colours, orange, white, and red, and uh, and so there's that little bit of frostiness in the air, which I think is great. I like that. A little, well, bit, little bit of tension. It's quite a weighty new segment. I mean, it st- we start off in the studio, Michael Aspel, plus live studio audience. Yep. Um, he goes through some of the stuff that's happened that week and what's on the programme, and then throws to the, the new segment with yeah. Rita Carter, no relation, and Colin Baker, not that one. <laughs> Probably, probably no relation. And, you know, there's some pretty weighty stuff. Uh, Police corruption in London and a mysterious list of 20 corrupt police officers that has been seen by the MP for the Isle of Wight. But when we were doing that nationwide a couple of days ago, um, that had a thing about police corruption. You couldn't switch on the local news in London in the South East in the 70s and 80s without there being something... About yeah. police corruption. A school in South End, South End, that had yep. been closed because of formaldehyde-soaked insulation foam. Yep, I looked it up. I looked it up. That school is still open. Oh, that's good. It's to still know. going. Twenty-four dying children have been turned away from Guy's Hospital this year. Apparently. Yeah, well, that's by a strike. By a and, strike. Uh, yeah, there's. A... Yep, they they want they want twelve percent. Yeah. That's what they want. There's a Tory. There's a Tory prick expounding the virtues of the uh, brilliant wages that they. Do you know the Tories haven't changed a fucking bit, have they? In no, they haven't. Years. Years. No, they no, were lice no. then. They're lice now, and a whole yeah. lot of them should be shot into the centre of the sun. I mean, I know we shouldn't do politics. <laughs> but fuck the Tories. <laughs> But um, so they'd offered seven and a half percent, which sounds like a decent wedge until you remember that inflation at the time was still about ten percent. Yeah, so uh, until you remember that people actually want to get better when they get ill. Yeah, yeah, and then and then they finish off with a story about the police dog of the year. Yeah, he wasn't actually a police dog. Technically, was he? no. Well, I think he was. Well, the, how did he win police dog of the year? On a technicality, he was a, he was a, a guard dog at some sort of official facility well that's some hot bullshit his name was Gil yeah I feel a bit better about the fact that he didn't get a prize now yeah I've got because his owner got a bottle of scotch yeah and I've got in my notes here give the police dog the bottle of scotch damn straight he won it Uh, but but if he ain't a fucking police dog then you know tough shit this episode is broadcast three days after the IRA bombs at Hyde Park and Regent's Park 
Okay. Which killed 11 soldiers and seven horses. That would certainly um, explain why Michael was somewhat downbeat in his introduction. Yeah, he did say it's been a difficult few days. Very curious how little mention of it there was made, though. Because that would not happen these days. You imagine if there's a terrorist attack on London, what the local news would be three days later now. Well, it's true. It would still be completely about it, wouldn't it? You'd think. Well, you'd think so, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Certainly, they wouldn't lean quite so heavily on um, stories about school reports and Walkmans, which which is where we're headed. Yeah, I mean the thing is that this is a um, this is a Greg Dyke confection. This it program. is. This is a this is this is. I mean, credit where it's due. Greg Dyke, probably more than anybody else in the media in this country, knows and understands low to middle brow popular entertainment. You know, yeah. he's got it right time and time and time again over the years you know he it was him who rescued who was part of the rescue of tvam he 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 was the roland rat man i mean he was the premier league was his idea i think between between him and um barry hearn they've got the yeah. working classes dancing to their tune haven't they yeah i mean he's got a lot to answer for but you can't say that he doesn't know what he's doing Oh, absolutely. But, and this isn't, after that kind of brief news programme, this isn't really a news show at all. It's really just a kind of magazine programme, Well, the, the, the key thing that you notice about it is the live studio audience. And the live studio audience reaction is heard throughout the programme. Now, we may think that our government are cutting costs, but they've got nothing on Iran because one of the Ayatollahs there has just announced that in future, drug smugglers will be hanged to save money on bullets. Police stopped a woman riding a bicycle in Ramsgate this week because she was cycling erratically. They found she had a seven-foot python wrapped round her. Well, maybe it's chilly that day. <laughs> even during, yeah, even yeah. during VT. So if... Janet Street Porter makes a particularly ribald remark about school reports or potatoes or something. Yeah. There will be a little um, snickle of laughter from... Yeah. Which is such a weird thing. I mean, you, can you imagine... I mean, it's difficult to imagine that being on Nationwide because there weren't really an awful lot of belly laughs. But Well, no, I mean, actually, actually, actually... It was one of the things I thought it had in common with um, uh, with Nationwide was this tendency to head into that's life territory. Yeah. And, you know, to go down the, the, the route of amusing news clippings and this, that and the other. We are going to get to that's life, by the way. There is an episode of that's life on, on our know. list. I I'm, know. I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> Well, I don't. It's interesting because I think you've quite enjoyed this, and I think you've called it exactly right. That this is that's life. It's not yeah. so much nationwide. Nationwide is a news magazine program. Yeah, this is a bit more. This is that's life. It's something else. I mean, I have to say, right? Where the hell do you get a t- TV studio audience from for this? Well, it's on at six o'clock on a Friday evening. That's a really inconvenient time, you know. 
if it's on in the evening, eight, nine o'clock or whatever, then fair enough. You know, people can get home, have a shower, you know, get back out. Again. Six o'clock in the evening. Straight from and work. And they've got... Sweaty pits. Yeah, for a news programme. <laughs> I don't I don't get where they found 200 people who were like, oh, yeah, all right, then I'll go and watch the six o'clock show being recorded. Therein lies another tale. What what was Brian Glover really doing there? Yeah, they didn't actually mention that. He just happened to be sitting there. I mean, it, I didn't, it was quite nice. It was quite nice to have a guest on a TV programme who wasn't there to plug anything. He's just, yeah, you know, and he's, just turned up. And he, yeah, and he's quite engaging, isn't he? You know, he's, he's well. He's, he's Brian Glover, isn't he? I he's mean. Brian Glover. You know, he's he's got quite a lot of stories. Um, he's had quite a storied life, hasn't he? Well, um, and also he'd been a school teacher, which was useful for the first story, which was about the dark arts of writing and decoding. Yeah, term school reports. Janet Street Porter presenting from. First Elm School in Tooting. There were some teachers who were revealing some of their favourite zingers that they'd written, and then yeah. all of a sudden they said, "Well, you know, you know, teachers might think they're so clever, but children know the code. You know, they they, they know the code that has been used." And they then they brought out some twenty-eight-year-old school children for some yeah. reason. I, we, how did school children look so old back then? It was absurd. Well, there was a lead in the petrol. Yeah. At the end of it, they then brought out John Wells, who was talking about the school reports that he wrote when he was a master at Eton. Yes. I've always found John Wells a bit creepy. Well, there was absolutely no relevance to that at all. He's not a million miles, in my mind, from Billy Dainty. (laughs) See, go back and see the the way the way. No, I mean I'm not talking about his act or anything. As far as I'm aware, John Wells was just a comedy actor. But um, some the effect that they have on me is very similar. They make me feel kind of unsettled. <laughs> and John Wells has always made me feel a bit unsettled. The violating effect. On why. Yeah, yeah. Next up, they throw yeah. to. The helicopter in the sky, watching out for traffic. And who is it but our old friend Fred Housego? Yeah, from the podcast before last, now, or whenever it was. Is I don't know if that's a demotion or what. Yes, it, it is. I I do get the feeling. Well, the eye, the eye in, he's, Well, yeah. He what? He's the eye in the sky. Yeah, the oh, year the on, year before know. he was the pie television personality of the year. Yeah, and now he's the least important member of the news team. Never even seen. The... Never, you never even saw him. Could have been anybody. It could have been a tape recorder just playing his voice. It's true, for all we know. But I, but I mean, the thing about the eye in the sky is that I'm unsure who benefits from it because whoever's down there in the car, yeah, they've got well, no, they ain't, no, yeah. yeah, they ain't watching the six o'clock show if. If you happen to still be in the office, well, yeah. you ain't watching a TV show. No. So this is what? Solely for the benefit of the people who are waiting for people to get home from work. Yeah. And there's nothing you can but, do if you're watching it yeah. at home. You can't phone yeah. somebody up. Yeah. But they'll only show a couple of roads in the whole of London because that's all they've got time for. Yeah. So I don't really understand what the purpose of that was. I mean, I guess it's different... 
because uh, Capital has one, Capital Radio, doesn't it? They have an eye in the sky helicopter. Yeah. And I get that because if you're, you know, you can have the radio on in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It doesn't make sense to have an eye in the sky on a TV news well, show. Well, yeah, and they also, of course, Capital Radio have their eye in the sky every day. Yeah. Whereas if you're waiting for Fred House goes eye in the sky reports, you better hope that the traffic jam that you're in takes place on, on a Friday. Yeah. Oh, it's on a Friday. Otherwise, you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> If you've passed people that seem to be in another world wearing a gadget that looks like a cross between a tiara and some earmuffs, then you've had a close encounter with the Walkman world. Danny Baker, for it is he. Yep. He, he actually, this this was after Sniffing Glue and uh, NME. This was yeah. his his big break yeah. into TV, wasn't yeah. it, Danny yeah. Baker? Yeah. Giving, it, giving it a bit of the old Deptford charm. Yeah. Porting on Walkmans, uh, he meets the most the most eighties woman ever yeah. on the tube, and I she's sitting on the tube listening <laughs> to a Walkman, and everybody else in the carriage is looking appalled at her. It's and true, I, and, I, and and the thing is, you can hear the music, and I'm so I'm sitting, I'm watching it, thinking, well, are those headphones just leaking really, really badly? Are well, they leaking that much? Which they might well have been. They probably mm. were at that point. But he, he didn't just—he didn't just meet her. He met a man who records textbooks. Now that was quite. Well, yeah, to, yeah. I mean, he should have fucking copyright. He should have yeah. copyrighted that idea and flogged it to Audible. Because um, I mean, what you've got there is your proto audio book, isn't it? John Walters, the radio producer. Yeah, yeah. He was there espousing yeah. the benefits of uh, yeah. Walkmans, and then Dennis Healy, whose mere appearance—he was there. Got a laugh. Made the audience laugh. Yeah, yeah. And a naked, a naked woman. woman learning Greek in the bath. Yeah. yeah. And I tell you what, right? Always good to hear a snippet of O Superman, which uh, which they managed <laughs> to put in there. O, o Superman, the weirdest number one of all time by such a long distance. I don't think anything else can ever top. O Janet, hello, are you all right? Yes, thank you. There's a bit in the telegraph here, the... Uh the TV uh, column, and it says about this programme, there is a complaint from one reader that the accents on this show are often so called blimeyish it is impossible to understand what is being said. They must be thinking of Shaw Taylor. Yeah, I don't know who they're talking about. I just can't credence that. Mm. What a nasty person. Yes. I've been at elocution lessons every night this week. <laughs> I'm a jaw transplant in the summer, so when I come back, I'll sound like a roadie schoolgirl in the autumn. I'd like to hear that. So the Daily Mail... <laughs> I'll wear a gym slit if you like, Michael. Right. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> Daily Mail says this is an end-of-the-week knees-up, which is much nicer, really. The next story that was featured, uh, Janet Street Porter uncovering some of the ruses and wheezes that were used in the competitive vegetable showing. Uh, Brockwell Park Fruit and Veg Show in Brixton. Yeah. Janet Street Porter. Janet Street Porter. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, right? Yeah. Because, okay, I was 
not looking forward to Janet Street Porter. Because it's Janet Street Porter. But actually, actually, I kind of thought she was quite engaging and quite good on this. Well, the thing is, Janet Street Porter has got a certain reputation and it has come about because she's Janet Street Porter. Well, no, it came about primarily because of uh, Pamela Stevens' impersonation of her yeah, on yeah, yeah. Not the Nine O'Clock News, which would have been about this time. There's nothing inherently wrong with Janet Street Porter. She just happened to be one of the first prominent women on British television who had a pronounced estuary accent. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine, you know. There's actually, there's no problem with Janet Street Porter. Yeah, and I and I, I get it. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, she's got big teeth and that's hilarious for some she's reason. Big teeth. I wouldn't say she's got a stupid voice. She's got, she's got the, the appropriate accent for the part of the world that she comes from, as far as I'm aware. In fact, if anything, I thought she was, um, she was a little bit banal, you know, if it... Well, if I mean, anything. she certainly taught us a lot of tips about how to get your vegetables ready for shows, putting plasticine in um, wormholes in your potatoes and gluing the green tips back onto your tomatoes. I personally think that putting a bit of boot polish on your carrots and so forth, yeah, it's a it shows a positive ambition. Uh, if if you want to really impress the judges. And you've got copy decks handy. Why not glue loads of vegetables together into some sort of Franken vegetable and then just swear blind that you grew it? Absolute. Just deny any queries about your unbelievable well, the head bit of that I, yeah, that's I mean, got the bit, leeks the, and sprouts yeah. and. Yeah, I mean, the bit that I didn't really understand about that was when he was talking about filling in the gaps with. What was he said to use? Was I use? Was it plasticine? It was something? yeah, little little pieces of plasticine down the uh, worm holes in your potatoes. Yeah, and I, and I was thinking, I was watching that and thinking, well, I think you might be putting a, paying a bit too much attention. So it's only a fucking potato. Well, yeah, and you've obviously you've also you've got to get the right colour plasticine. Talking of pets, the Kentucky Fried Chicken in Streatham has got a, a special lunchtime deal this week. Two pieces of chicken and chips for 95p. But if you want two pieces of chicken without chips, it'll cost you 13p extra. I suppose if you don't want the two pieces of chicken either, it'll cost you a quid. <laughs> now we get to the crux of the matter. The Streatham Kentucky Fried Chicken deal. Well, I was very interested in this. Um, <laughs> they said in this piece that uh, you could that they were selling KFC, or as they called it, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yep. Two pieces of chicken and chips for ninety-five p. So I thought to myself, huh. How does that translate to 2020 prices? There's going to be some mathematics coming up here now. There is some mathematics coming up here. And the answer is that at 2020 prices, that equates to £3.37. What? We've been had. Well, now, the current KFC price for two pieces of chicken and chips and a drink. Okay. £4.49. Outrageous. 
So we are paying. I mean, the drink is in. To, to be clear on this, if you don't want the drink, it's four seventy eight. Well, this so, is in keeping with the story on on the program. Exa- where exactly if, that. Yeah. If you remove an item, it can actually turn out that your meal is even more expensive. The drink is a loss leader. Now, I make that a price increase of about forty percent, taking into account inflation. <sighs> Fucking hell. Now, the fascinating thing about that is that I was expecting it to be the other way. I was expecting them to come back and say, yeah, well, 95p in 1982 was actually £11.75. <laughs> but no, it's cheaper. Cheaper to buy KFC in 1982, penny for penny, than it is now. I was, I was really surprised by that. Yeah, they were probably using fewer herbs and spices. We're going skimping on the herbs and spices. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether or not there was an old boy who was spending a thousand pounds a month on KFC Jesus. in 1982. If that geezer turned up at my shop, <laughs> you you get actual dollar signs in my eyes. Actual <laughs> dollar signs. Though my pupils yes. were squeeze themselves into dollar signs. I am but, I yeah. am very surprised. I am I am I am very surprised. I mean So I told you I had a bombshell. It's not so much that I'm surprised that it costs more now, relatively. But it's chicken, which I mean chicken has become one of the most disposable commodities on the planet. Yeah. Hasn't I mean hasn't it? I mean nowadays you go into a supermarket and you you know buy a chicken for about 12p. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Here's here's the crux on this. I guarantee you. Guarantee you that if you went into a supermarket in 1982 to buy a chicken, it yeah. would cost more pound for pound than it does. Well, now. yeah, I mean back in the day having a chicken I mean, obviously, we're not talking sort of 50s and 60s level here, but still, in the 1980s, having a chicken was... Got a chicken. Everyone, hush, keep it down, but hush, hush, got a chicken in, if you fancy any of it. Nowadays, everyone's got a rotisserie in their car. Well, you can get a, you know, you can get a whole chicken from a supermarket for three quid. I mean, fair enough, it's had a life of agony yeah. and um you know it grown Absolute. up with grown up with seven beaks or whatever well yeah um, i mean it's been pumped full of growth hormones yeah, and water chlorine. so that it grew bigger faster so they could kill it quicker yeah so i mean look fair enough all that stuff's been happening yeah three quid though just so <laughs> i know all that delicious suffering but, uh, I do, you know so how could I, I mean, I, I'm not looking it up now because we are actually coming to the end of this podcast. But I think that it could be that the colonels just got greedier. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe, I mean, now, uh, this could just be the fact that I live near London Road in Brighton, which, for people who don't know Brighton, is one of the more seedy major thoroughfares in the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, no KFC, particularly on Friday night, like the six o'clock show, is complete without there being a bouncer on the door. So yeah. maybe maybe that's where the the extra money's going. It's well, just... I mean, I would I was going to say actually that 
They're quite fancy nowadays, aren't they? KFCs. They've done a lot of them up. They've done the one yeah. up. In, they've done. They did the one up in London Road. Oh um, yeah, they're they, all. Um, oh, yeah. They've just. They only earlier this year or last year uh, did up the one in Worthing Town. Um, it's moved. You know where Mothercare used to be. It's where Mothercare used to be. Chapel oh, Road okay. in Worthing. Well, yeah. I mean, they are definitely more upmarket, which comes comes at a cost. Yeah, but then again, but you would have thought that that cost would have been absorbed by the fact that you can just get a chicken f- for free for buying enough socks. And they're part—I don't know if they were in 1982, but they're part of PepsiCo now, aren't they? KFC. Okay. So, um, you know, so they're now part of one of the kind of big five food manufacturers in the planet. So, you know, economies of scale and that. Um, yeah. here's, a, here's, a, here's the rumour that went round in the okay. early 1990s I remember this I think it was around about the time that I was at college that Kentucky Fried Chicken changed their name to KFC and the rumour was going around at the time that they'd bred a type of chicken that had six legs and <laughs> four breasts <laughs> So legally speaking, they weren't allowed to call it chicken anymore. Yeah, it just had to be sick. Because it wasn't. It was just some sort of terrible, awful... Yeah. Headless as well, because they had they had no need for the head. Yeah. Cursed. Cursed <laughs> being. A cursed, headless beast who knew a life of, abs- you know, blind, yeah. deaf and dumb suffering. Yeah, because a chicken can live without its head, can't it? Certainly more so than a, a, a lot of animals. They are famously yeah. adept at... Um, so they, um, they certainly can run around. Yeah, so so that was the rumour that was going on. I don't think that was true. I don't think that that was true. I think that no. that's the sort of rumour that started... Before the, the internet. Yeah, Before by, the, by internet. the people who now claim that the covid19 vaccine uh, is a government plot yeah if they're talking about it being a government plot to make sure people don't get covid19 i think they could be onto something i don't think there was anything in that rumor but like i say it's the sort of rumor that definitely used to start <laughs> before it was easy <laughs> to disprove it. i i definitely remember there being rumors at the time about you know all sorts the, the rumours always centred around the fact that whatever it was in, in KFC wasn't, wasn't wasn't a chicken. Yeah, as any, you'd recognise. As you'd recognise it. <laughs> draw a chicken. <laughs> You're not going to draw something with four breasts, no head and six legs. Six legs and 12 wings. Yeah. <laughs> 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 12 wings and, and no bones or yeah. as few bones as they could possibly get in yeah, bread with a southern fried coating yeah no feathers it comes pre-flowered yeah we've managed to we've, we've managed to breed a chicken that instead of feathers it has 11 herbs and spices <laughs> but, uh... oh god but then they get on to the final, but let's move away from KFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the pitfalls of the newfangled wedding video. 
Yes, yes. Um, I mean, this is basically you've been framed, isn't it? You know, oh, it's absolutely. Proto- this, is this, is, this is this is um, the the Triassic. You've been framed. You can you can imagine Jeremy Beadle sitting at home with a little notebook, even <laughs> little a pen, <laughs> going bookies pen. Yeah, taking notes down. Going, I think I can spin this into a TV show. They, you know, they had general wedding mishaps. You know, veils falling off, hats falling off, people falling over, uh, the bride accidentally flashing her knickers. Yeah. And they interviewed some people who'd who'd had these experiences, and then they revealed that they were in the studio. So we went to speak to them, and in between that VT being taken and them being in the studio, one of the blokes had got this enormous lump on his face from somewhere. Oh, I think it was, yeah. it was some. I think it was just some sort of colossal pimple. Yeah, like by a the growth through a boil or something, wasn't it? I but, saw that, and I thought. That thing was ready to burst. Yeah, poor fellow. I hope he's okay. I think that might come from eating too much of that KFC. <laughs> yeah, he's, quite... he's growing. He's growing two legs out of his face. Quite likely. Quite likely. Right. So, good, bad, and ugly. Good, um. Bad and yeah. Okay. Uh. I thought. Like you, I mean, it was quite an entertaining program. It was fluff. Yeah, absolute, complete fluff. Absolute complete fluff. fluff. But I can see why it formed an important part of your weekend routine as a child. It was, it was the start of the weekend. It was yeah. the start of the weekend. I mean, when I was, when I, when this program was going out, I mean, it wouldn't have been at the exact time, but a couple of months after this. Um, I'd have been going as Scouts or Cubs or whichever one it was. No, it would have been Scouts. And uh, that started at seven. And that was like, you know, a short drive away, a five minute drive away. So the start of the weekend would have been sitting down with a plate of food or something at, you know, quarter to six, six o'clock. And the six o'clock show's on. And you just watch it because it's on. I don't know. I mean, this would have been before the start of Channel 4. So yeah. on BBC, you would have had fucking Frank Boffin nationwide. Vogel, Vogel, Vogel. You know, <laughs> oh, no, today in trade union news. And, and BBC, BBC 2 wasn't doing shit like the Fresh Prince in 1982. It was in 1992. No, probably had a bloody episode of Sinbad or Tarzan or something. I think my favourite bit was probably, probably, on reflection, um, the puppy who was the son of Gil, the police dog of the year. Okay. That was, right, it was yeah. a pretty good puppy. Well, I think is, you know, you put baby animal on and you're oh, always going to go, oh, that was the best thing. Least favourite thing was um, Jeffrey Finsberg MP, the junior health minister who smarmed his Tory ass across the screen. Yeah, he was and just sick. just made me want to kill all humans. Yeah, and and we'll um, live with you forever. I think the thing that's going to stay with me is probably thinking about KFC. You can't eat KFC anymore, can you? No, well, I get terrible heartburn. Yeah, see, I don't have that issue. I don't get I don't get it from any other chicken though. 
So yeah. maybe they are using some sort of headless yeah, seven winged. Yeah, I mean, I don't legs. know. Even if we say it over and over again, I don't think this is actually true. I t- yeah, we I can't there comes make a point it if we repeat it enough. <laughs> then we can still be sued for libel. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true, but... Yeah. So for me, the best bit was... Um, I think it was probably the bit about Warmans because it was so 1982. Yeah, so 1982. I enjoyed the uh, kids roller skating in the street. You can't yeah. get... You can't get urban street urchins with walkmans and um, roller skates yeah in yeah. london that yeah. that's 1980s all over yeah the worst bit second episode in three come, <laughs> come on down fred house go early. <laughs> i don't know how you've managed that mate. I, we're gonna we have go. to try and find an episode of mastermind from 1980 to see if he can go for the hat trick yeah if he can get the hat trick yeah and uh right okay Moment that will live with me. Bit complicated, this. All right. Mm. Is the Marconi Mark 9 camera that they're using to shoot the program. Um, They bought this special type of TV camera in the very late 1970s. Not all the companies had it, actually, but LWT definitely did. And, you know, this is just the latest iteration, as you've probably figured out of the same TV camera that they were really basically using in the 50s. Uh, But this Mark 9 edition had a built-in colour adjuster that got rid of the reddest reds and the bluest blues because that's what tended to cause time lag on the screens. But it did bring out every other colour a little bit. And you will have noticed this, how everything looked a little bit kind of fluorescent. Yeah. You know, it brought the pinks out and the yellows out and the greens look a bit greener. And so everything has this slightly, um, yeah. well, before that, slightly you, fluorescent you, artificial yeah, look to it. You do get on, um, you know, 60s, 70s TV programs, you often get those sort of, uh, particularly when it, it, it is focusing on anything that's shiny, you do get these sort of very distinct sort of red blue and yellow yeah artifacts yeah. yeah well this camera was, was so this is obviously kind of, yeah it was supposed to that. be getting rid of that but what it actually did was it gave everything a slightly only ever so slightly artificial look and i tell you if you look at any studio bound london weekend television program from the early to mid 80s and we will be um <laughs> oh we will be but no anything like game for a laugh um play your cards right Blind Date, any of those programs, they all have this particular look. It's a very distinctive look in the colour. And it's Mm. one of the biggest Proustian rushes that I have. It is one of the things that really can take me back. And if you sit me down in front of one of these programs, I can suddenly start remembering all manner of details about the era. It is the weirdest thing. And that is the thing that will stay with me forever because that thing has been staying with me for a very long time. And funnily enough, I only found that out this afternoon, the specifics, from the comments under the YouTube video. Wow. And somebody mentioned it and I was like, that's it. It must have been the type of camera. So I googled the type of camera and found a message board form where they were talking about it. 
And uh, there's the explanation. And now, after 40 years of wondering why they had that slightly unusual look to them, I now know the answer. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I'm just excited that the YouTube comment section has been used for something other than lechery racism. Racism. So, you know, fair play to to that commenter who has enlightened you. YouTube user Sticky Tape and Rust. Well, well done. Yeah, R, the distinctive off-colour skin tones of the Marconi Mark 9 camera. Happy days. Yeah, so there you go. A happy ending. All's well that ends well. Tomorrow, would you believe? Top Gear. Top Gear. Yeah, but it's going to be old Top Gear, isn't it? And when I say old Top Gear, I mean really old Top Gear. Well, I mean... There is a cut-off point to these podcasts. I don't think we've ever specifically said it on the podcast, but the cut-off point that we have arbitrarily chosen is the 30th of March, 1997, because that's the day that Channel 5 launched in the UK. It's going to be older than that. I believe the episode that we're watching is from 1989. It is, according to this. You can tell it started loading and I could tell it was old Top Gear straight away because it was only 29 minutes long. Yeah, they were the days. So, you know, you wouldn't get you and Clarkson would never have sold for that, would he? But, um, well, there you go. That's it. That's us done. We'll be back again. Same time tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye.